position of power. All right. I, I, I want to... It's kind of burning in my heart, so I'm just going to go with the Holy Ghost. Is it okay if I go with the Holy Ghost, Pastor? All right. The Lord says, okay, come with me to, uh, uh, let's go to Proverbs. We're going to do this. This is not in the notes. This is not in my notes. I haven't started teaching yet, but I want to, I want to uh, uh, cover this. Let's go to Proverbs, uh, and we're going to pick it up in uh, mm-hmm. Proverbs 22. Uh-huh. I think it's uh, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Proverbs 22, verse 6. What does it say in Proverbs 22, verse 6? Train up, what? A child. A child. Hmm. In the way that he goes. So how should we train him up? In the way that he goes. And in keeping with his individual gift and bent. And when he's older, he'll not depart from it. My brothers and sisters, children are on my heart right now. It's burning on my heart. Because what happens is this. You don't train up a child in the Word. You let Netflix train up a child. You let video games train up a child. You let everything on television train up a child. And then you say, I don't know why my kids are on drugs. I don't know why they don't want to go to church. I don't know because they bring them to church and let them watch a movie on cartoons instead of giving them the word. I'm excited that this lady came because on Sunday her kids were getting the word. They weren't getting Netflix. Yeah, but when they get older, we'll put them in the service. That was your first problem. It says train up a child, not a teenager. Where does it say train up a teenager? It says train up a child. Hmm. I went to the Lord one day. This is just burning in my spirit. So I'm just going to give it to you. Amen. I went to the Lord one day and I said, Lord, why have I got to renew my mind? He says it's full of junk. He said, but if you trained up a child in the word, they would never have to renew their mind. We started playing CDs all night while the kids slept. So they got the word, the word. When they were, when my wife was pregnant, we played CDs all night. So the baby would get the word. See, adults are going out to miss the word. Well, the the only reason their their children are not going to serve the Lord is because we give them cartoons instead of the word. We believe the word, but we don't live it. Train up a child. If you got a child, why are they not in here learning the word? Oh, well, you know, you don't give the word to children. Who said that? What book have you been reading? My Bible says train up a child. Oh, no, they're going to go to school. So let's kind of leave early. So that they never get the word. I don't know why my kids are on drugs. I can tell you, you didn't train up a child. Why? Because I'm sick and tired of children in the church going into the world. Because we won't follow the word. Hmm? My, my, we've been doing this to our kids since they were born. Playing the word all night. He's been doing it to his kids. All of his kids, when they were this high, they were in the services learning the word. They're now serving and they're this high. They run the computers. They put all the overhead. They set up the church as a child. 
Because that's all they know. When my kids would fall down at age six, seven, they would immediately come to me and say, Dad, 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 pray. Because we actually believe when you lay hands on the sick, they get healed. And I would pray and they would run down the street completely healed. Why? Because we train up a child. One day my wife was putting my two kids to bed. Two-year-old and a five-year-old. sit. They're in the rocking chair and she's praying. She said, okay, boys, we're going to go to bed now. Uh, 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 I'm going to pray. She prayed. And then the, uh, the, what happened? The five-year-old prayed. Then she said to the two-year-old, you pray. And the two-year-old prayed. Then she said, now we're going to pray in the Spirit. And so she started praying in the Spirit. She said to the five-year-old, five-year-old, pray in the Spirit. He's speaking in tongues. He's praying in the Spirit. He says to the two-year-old, Josiah, pray in the Spirit. She said, no, mommy. Pray in the Spirit. No, mommy. Matthew, the five-year-old, jumps up and says, I can tell you why he ain't going to pray in the Spirit, mommy. Why, five-year-old Matthew? He ain't filled. We're 30 and 40 years old, and we don't know why our kids are not praying in the Spirit. Because they ain't filled. We're not training up our children. So the five-year-old said, I know how to do it. I've seen my dad do it. You put your hands on him and say, be filled in Jesus' name. So my wife said, okay, Matthew, five-year-old Matthew, go lay hands on him. No, mommy, go ahead and do it. Matthew laid hands on a two-year-old. He got filled and speaking in tongues. Come on now. Can your five-year-old lay hands on people and get them filled? No. You know why? You didn't train them up. You let Netflix train them up. You let video games train them up. That's why I'm so proud of this mama. She had her kids in the service. Not in the video games. Why am I telling you this? I don't have to tell you this. I could, go, I could just do the last service and go home. But I want to see you guys succeed. I want your kids to serve the Lord. Are you getting a hold of this? My, my youngest boy, 22-year-old Josiah, graduated 4.0. He wasn't even supposed to be born. My wife was pregnant with multiple sclerosis. But guess what? He got born. No deformity. Uh-uh. Completely fine. He fell at, at, at age three months. Damaged his brain. We laid hands on it. How many of you know the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Completely recovered his brain? Completely. They said he'll never be normal. Are you kidding me? 4.0 student, high school, kicker for the school, became the MVP of the school, the district, and the state, had football scholarships, turned them all down, went to an Ivy League school called Vanderbilt, graduated 4.0. Out of 3,000 kids, he got the one, he was the one picked to go to Washington, D.C., got a great job with Deloitte Touche, fourth largest consulting and accounting company in the world, and they gave him a signing bonus of $7,000. He's 22. Why? Oh, that's easy. I trained up a child in the Word. In the Word. How many of you want it to be well with you? Wave to me if you want it to be well with you. Go to Genesis 18, 19. If you want it to be well with you, then do it God's way. Genesis. 18, 19. Huh. Back up one verse. I want you to see verse 18. 
Genesis 18, 18. I want you to see this. What Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. What was supposed to happen to Abraham? He's supposed to be great. He's supposed to be a mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth be blessed through him. Why is he supposed to be great? What makes Abraham so great? Read the next verse. Verse 19. Great nation, for I have known him. Why is God going to make Abraham great? Because he knew him. What did God know about him? (laughs) That he may teach his children. You want to be great? Teach your children. And God will make you great. Don't let Netflix bring up your kids. Don't let video games bring up your kids. Give them the word. And the, as, as Christian parents, what do we do? We bring them to church. There's no scripture that says bring them to church. The Bible says give them the word. And we think that because we bring them to church, they'll know the word. What? Watching Netflix, they'll know the word? How are they going to know the word that way? They ain't going to know the word. What happens if you bring up a child in the ways of the Lord? Watch this. Command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep what? The way of the Lord. How do you do that? The word of God. And to do what is just right. Here's the best part. So that the Lord may bring to what? What he has So the way you bring up your children is the way God's going to bless you. Can I say that one more time? The way you bring up your children is the way God's going to bless you. Don't let Netflix bring up your kids. Don't let video games bring up your kids. Because your blessing depends on it. Why? Because children are a heritage from the Lord. God's given you a special gift called kids. And God's going to hold you responsible. So don't let all this junk in the world bring up your kids. Are you getting a hold of this? His kids. He's got two daughters. Twins. That he got when he, he needed a miracle. Come up here, my brother. This man needed a miracle. The doctor said he and his wife wouldn't be able to have kids. Came to one of my services. Wanted a miracle from God. Anybody in the room need a miracle? Wave to me if you need a miracle from God. What did he do? He came. At the end of the service, we started to say, look, if you need a miracle, plant a seed. He planted a seed. What was the miracle he needed? Baby Planted a $1,000 seed so we could reach the Muslim nations. Six months later, what happened to your wife? Twins. He likes to say 500. <laughs> Come on. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody say, God, God is still in the miracle working business. In fact, he has a testimony that I want you to hear about how God changed somebody. Changed a whole situation about somebody that was in serious trouble and gave him favor. And exactly what you're believing God for did it. So we're going to pray for you afterwards. Amen. You're going to get your miracle. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to get mine. But is it okay that I shared this about the kids? You know, I'm just telling you this because, you know, my kids, why are my kids not on drugs? Why are my kids serving the Lord? Because I did this. I played CDs all night when they were one year old, five years old, ten years old. They listened to the word all night. 
Bring up your children in the ways of the Lord. I take the Bible seriously. I like to say it this way. I came to stay, not to play. Okay? I, if the Bible says it, that's good enough for me. Amen? I do not want to stand in front of Jesus and explain why my kids are not serving the Lord. Because I didn't do this. I didn't bring them up in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Why was Abraham so blessed? Because he took care of his kids. And then he took care of his kids' kids. Taught them the word. Amen? I know I'm kind of deviating a little bit, but it has been burning in my heart. And the Lord said, tell it now. It's the last night. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. we still love him. Love Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Come with me to our first scripture, 2 Corinthians 9.10. 2 Corinthians 9.10. My kids were always in the service. My kids were always learning the Word of God. Amen? We didn't let video games bring them up. We didn't let Netflix or anybody else bring them up. We, the Word brought them up. That's why. You know what would happen? His kids, these, those daughters, are so much in the Word now that, that they're literally going to run this planet. Because if you could get the Word when you were born and get nothing but the Word, you don't need to renew your mind. Man, you're powerful. You could do anything now. Amen? Your kids can do the same thing. The Bible is available to everybody. But make it important, parents, to you bring them up in the ways of the Lord. Then it will be well with you. God will bless you. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9.10. God provides what? Seed to who? God provides seed to the soul. He ain't in the harvest business, ain't in the car business. He in the seed business. Say this after me. Everything I need, God will give me the right seed. He don't give cars. He don't give houses. He don't give furniture. He don't give uh, or favor. What he does do is give you seed. So whatever you need, you say, God, I need this. I need this. I need this. I need. God's going to go, go, there's the right seed. And then when you plant the seed, you see the harvest. Are you getting a hold of this? How does God bless you? He gives you the right seed. Amen. And then he only gives seed to who? Why? Because the seed was never designed to live as a seed. It was supposed to bring a harvest. You don't give seed to a farmer that eats it. You'll mm, never see a harvest. You give it to a farmer who plants it. Are you getting a hold of this? Because then that seed can bring the harvest it was created to bring. Amen? So God gives seed to the sower. Why does he give seed? John 12, 24. John 12, 24. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures tonight. And I'm going to end with breaking the spirit of poverty over your life tonight. And, of course, we are going to uh, 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 release the anointing for restoration tonight. Jesus said these words, I assure you most solemnly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, what happens if the seed hits the ground? It produces. What produces? The seed. What brings my house? The seed. What brings my car? The seed. What brings my furniture? The seed. What brings my breakthrough? Ah, you're getting a hold of this. Not God. God's not your delivery boy. He don't bring that. Seed brings it. Amen? Now, uh, uh, seed brings forth its purpose and destiny only if it's sown. Seed contains in it the supernatural blueprint of reproduction and increase. My brothers and sisters, I got a, sh a story to tell you. Many, many years ago, I was in the financial service field, and, and um, we were doing really well. Everybody say, really well. 
Uh, and of course, uh, uh, you know, every time I come to church, we found a good church. Good church. Everybody say good church. Good church. Why was it a good church? Because they only taught the word of God. It was a Bible teaching church. And I remember that every Sunday, pastor would get up there. I loved the praise and worship. It was awesome. Loved the teaching. Every, there's only one part of the church I didn't like. Right after the praise and worship, the pastor would get up there and say, Well, it's time for the tithes and offerings. It's time to give. And I'm thinking, why are these preachers after my money? <laughs> they work for God. Let God take care of them. Come on, don't look so holy. You thought that before. And then he said, Don't forget now, the tithe is 10%. And oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Hmm. Who wants an offering envelope? Well, I tell you what, everybody in the room put up their hand. I was the only one that didn't put up my hand. I put up my hand real quick. I didn't want to be the only one. I got me an offering envelope. First thing I did when I got the envelope, watch this. I reached inside my billfold. This is a true story. Reached inside my billfold, looked to the right. Then I looked to the left. Make sure nobody watching me and took the smallest bill. Don't look so holy. You've done that before. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. I took the smallest bill, put it in the envelope, never put my name on there. I didn't want them to know who the cheapest guy in the church was. True story. One day my business was doing good. I made $112,000 take home for the month. Anybody would like to take home $112,000 for the month? $112,000 for the month. I'm in church right after the praise and worship. The pastor gets up there and says, well, it's time for the tithes and offerings. Remember, the tithe is 10%. I said, whoa, 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 $112,000, 10%. Are you kidding me? I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I ain't writing no check for $11,000. Are you crazy? He said, who wants an offering envelope? I lifted up my hand, got the offering envelope. First thing I did, reached into my billfold, looked to the right, looked to the left, make sure nobody watching me. I was taking out the smallest bill, and I heard a voice right in here. And I, the voice said, stop tipping me. And then God said, I'm not your waiter. And then he said these words, hang on to your tip. You're going to need it. I said, whoa, am I tipping you, Lord? He said, you've been doing it every Sunday. I said, the pastor said, the tithe belongs to you, but I never seen that in the Bible. Guess what the Lord said? You never looked. Isn't that amazing how much you'll never find in the Bible if you don't open it? Come on. I said, is it in there, Lord? He said, it's in there. I said, you got to show me. That day, this is a true story. That day I left the service, never went to lunch, went straight home. Me, the Holy Ghost, and the Bible hung out. And the Lord showed me how to have the blessings overtake me everywhere I go. How many of you want to have the blessings overtake you everywhere you go? Wave to me if you want the blessings to overtake you. All right, I'm going to teach you tonight how to have the blessings overtake you. Amen? Come with me to Malachi 3.6. Malachi 3.6. Here we go. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Everybody say, God don't change. That is why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Next verse. Verse 7, uh-huh. even from the days of your fathers, you've turned aside from my ordinances. Everybody say, God's way. God's You're not doing it God's way. You've not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So you will say, how do you turn? So God says, you've stopped doing the word. Start doing the word. Return to me and then I will return to you. How many of you want to get closer to God? Wave to me if you want to get closer to God. What does the Bible say? You've got to stop which way you're doing. Whatever you're doing. You got to turn. You got to take one step closer to God, then God's going to take one step closer to you. 
you got to stop first. You got to turn first. And when you take one step closer to God, he'll take one step closer to me. Return to me and I will return to you. Now watch this. When they ask, how do we get closer to you? How do we return to you? Are you ready for this? God said, open your wallet. What? That's not how I get closer to God. Really? How shall we return? Look at the next verse. Hmm. Will a man rob God? Huh. Yet you rob me. That's how you get closer to God. Don't rob him. Whoa. Yet you rob. Can you imagine somebody walking up to God and saying, God, this is a stick up. Give me your wallet. Even if you got God's wallet, where would you hide? Nobody in their right mind would rob God. And the Lord said, son, you've been doing it every Sunday. I said, Lord, you got to show me. I had no idea. We can't rob God on Sunday and ask him to heal and bless us on Monday. That is insanity. And Christians do it every Sunday all over America. They rob him on Sunday and wonder why they're not blessed on Monday. Turn to your neighbor and say, how has that been working for you? It don't work. It don't work. Will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. How? In tithes and offering. Are you getting a hold of it? I said, Lord, the pastor said, the tithe is 10%. So I asked the Holy Spirit, Show me where in the Bible it says the tithe is yours and it's 10%. And the Lord said, oh, you want me to show you where 10% is mine? I said, yes, Lord. Show me, because I'm a word man. How many of you love the word of God? I got to see it in the word. I'm not following no man, no preacher, no denomination. I'm following the word. So I said, show me in the Bible where it says that. He said, oh, okay. Uh, first, chronic, first uh, Corinthians 10, 26. I said, Lord, show me where 10%. What does he tell me? The whole earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. I said, whoa, 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 Lord. <laughs> I asked you for 10%. You show me a scripture where 100% is yours. Do you know what? When you find out that God owns 100%, that 10% ain't looking so bad. Can we go back to the 1090? I'd like to go back to the 10% now. It's amazing. God owns it all. Did you know that when he bought you with the blood of the lamb, he owns your house, he owns your car, he owns your bank account, he owns everything that you own because he's bought you with his blood. Amen? You're not your own. You belong to him. So when you understand that, boy, that 10% ain't hard no more. So he said, you want to go back to the 1090? I said, yeah, I want to go back to the 1090. Leviticus 2730. Here we go. And all the tithe. Mm. This is very, very important, my brothers and sisters. All the tithe. What is the word tithe? It's the Hebrew word mesa. It means a 10%. Mesa. All the tithe of the land, uh-huh, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Everybody say, the tithe is the Lord's. Say it again. The tithe is the Lord's. Brother, is that your cell phone right there? Yeah, yeah. What kind of cell phone is it? Huh? iPhone what number? iPhone 8. This is your cell phone. This is an iPhone 8. It's a beautiful phone. Really like this phone. It's an 8. And it belongs to this brother right over here. Now, how many of you saw him give me the phone? How many of you saw him give it to me? I didn't steal it. Didn't rob him. I asked him for it. He gave it to me. Am I right? Now, I've got this phone. It's a beautiful iPhone 8. He gave it to me. 
And I have the spirit of generosity coming all over me. I'd like to give this to somebody. Who would like to have a beautiful iPhone 8? Uh, he's, get, he's getting nervous over there right now. He's getting nervous. Hey, I like that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take this iPhone 8. I didn't rob him. He just gave it to me. And I'm going to take this iPhone 8 and I'm going to give it to him. You can't give it to him. Why? It's already his. You will never be able to give God the tithe. You have to return it. It was always his. He always owned it. You don't give a tithe to God. You return something that he always owned owned. Are you getting a hold of this? The tithe is the Lord's. It was the Lord's. It will always be the Lord's. And the children need to learn this because his kids are blessed because they're tithers. They've always been tithers. They ain't never going to rub God and wonder why he don't bless them. Amen? The tithe is the Lord's. And what? What does he call the tithe? Everybody say holy. If God calls the tithe holy... Pastor, what should we call the tithe? Mm. You know, it's dangerous for unclean hands to touch what God called holy. The Ark of the Covenant was holy. They were carrying it. The Levites were the only ones supposed to touch it. They were carrying the Ark. It started to fall. And a guy by the name of Uzziah reached out and touched the Ark. The Bible says he died instantly. You can't play with holy things. If God calls the tithe holy, what should we call the tithe? Mm. It's holy to God. So it should be holy to us. Now these are the only pastors in the room right now, so I'm going to talk to them. You guys get to listen in. If God calls the tithe holy, pastors, what should we call the tithe? So if you have anybody in the ministry of helps that's serving in this ministry, your partners, members of the church, and they're not tithers. Don't let them touch what God calls holy. God will not allow unclean hands to touch what he calls holy. Are you telling me that the pastors need to know who the tithers are? God will hold them responsible if they don't know who the tithers are. You can't have non-tithers under a curse touch what God calls holy. We can't play with this. 2,000 years, the church has been playing with the Bible instead of living the Bible. You either believe it and live it or you don't. Amen? Either the Bible is true or it's not. But don't tell me you love Jesus and you don't love the Word. Did you know in the beginning was the Word? Did you know that? And the Word became flesh? Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. Is, is the living Word. How can you tell me you love Jesus, but you don't love the Word? Are you getting a hold of this? So the tithe is holy. And you cannot keep it because it belongs to God. If you keep God's holy tithe, He calls it robbing. He calls it stealing. That's why so many Christians today are struggling. They're sick. They're broke. They're not walking in the blessings of God because they rob God on Sunday and ask Him to bless them on Monday. It will never, never, never happen. Amen? We've got to do it right. Everybody shout, do it right. Do it right. Now, my brothers and sisters, you don't have to give God the holy tithe. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to give Him the tithe. He still loves you. 
But read the next verse. If a man wants to keep any of that tithe, he adds 20% interest? <laughs> How can God charge interest on the tithe? Everybody shout, it's his money. How can the bank charge interest on your car loan? It's their money. How can the mortgage company charge interest on your mortgage? It's their money. How can God charge interest on the tithe? It's his Come on now. Read the next verse. What should you do? And all the tithe, a tenth of the herd of the flock, whatever passes under the herdman's staff, is tenth shall be what? Holy to the Lord. My brothers and sisters, we've been playing with holy things. And then we wonder why God isn't blessing us. Can't do that no more. The government of the United States of America doesn't trust you. How do you know that? They take their taxes first. God trusts you to give you, to give him his tithe. What does the government do with their taxes? They fund their projects. What does God do with his tithe? Fund his project. Less than 12% of Christians in America today are faithful tithers. Less than 12%. 88% of Christians in America are sick and broke. Do you think there's a correlation here? Well, I don't want to teach on tithing, says pastor. Why? Because if I teach on tithing, people will leave my church. Then you better leave being a pastor because Jesus will hold you responsible why you didn't teach them not to rob. How many of you want your children in jail? Wave to me if you want your children in jail. Brother Nasser, don't be stupid. Nobody wants their children in jail. So teach them not to rob. I don't teach them to rob. If they're not tithers, you do. Because they're robbing God. Are you getting a hold of it? We're playing church. Denominations are playing church for years and not teaching about robbing God. You won't teach them to rob in the grocery store, then why do you teach them to rob in the sanctuary. Come on now. Why? Well, the children shouldn't tithe. And what scripture are you quoting? Oh, that's just what my denomination believes. Kick out your denomination. Go back and follow Jesus. In my house, we follow the word. We don't follow no denomination. We don't follow no man. We follow the word of God. Are you getting a hold of this? All my kids tithe. All their kids tithe. Why? So God can bless them can't get a blessing from a person you're robbing. That's common sense. But we expect that, and it ain't happening. Amen? So what's this? My brothers and sisters, we can't rob God on Sunday and expect Him to bless us on Monday. We pay everybody else except God. We put God last and wonder why He don't put us first. Not going to do that. There's a church. Have you ever heard of a Dr. Youngie Cho? You have heard of Dr. Youngie Cho? Dr. Youngie Cho, my brothers and sisters, mm, has the largest church in the world. My brother, he has 800,000 to 1 million people in one church. A million people in a church. 
And there's a back room, a records room in that church. The, the a governing party in government goes to his church. The opposition party goes to his church. The, the business people all go to his church. The million people in the church. And in the records room, they got the names of all the tithers. And anytime anybody in the church wants to buy a dishwasher, refrigerator, or a car, the first thing they do, they go to the records room to find out if the person they're going to do business with is a tither. Why would you want to do with business with someone under a curse? Imagine a million people in your church and they have a million tithers. They don't play. They take the word seriously. My brothers and sisters, if you're not teaching your people and your children and you're not teaching your congregation to tithe, then you're teaching them to rob God. You better make up your mind which way you want to play this. I don't play. I believe all the word. Can't pull out scriptures from the Bible because you don't like them. Amen? You got to believe the word of God. He built the biggest church in the world. You think he might be doing something right? Teaching them to tithe. My brothers and sisters, I, I was teaching this uh, at my home church before I got into ministry. There was a young lady that came up to me after the service. And she said, Brother Nasser, Brother Nasser, this month I can't afford to tithe. I said, why, girl? Well, because I got an unexpected credit card bill. How do you get an unexpected credit card? If you didn't rack it up, who racked it up? Hello, somebody. Come on now. <laughs> She said, this month I'm going to pay my credit card bill. Next month I'm going to tithe. I said, girl, you're walking on dangerous ice. Come on. You better go home and pray. You better go find out what God's saying. She went home to pray, and she called me the next day. She said, while I was praying, the God, God said I was more afraid of a credit card company than the creator of the universe. I was about to rob the one that gives me the breath of life. Guess what? She tithed, and she got supernaturally blessed, and her credit card still got paid off. See, my Bible says, if you will honor me, says the Lord, then I will honor you. Amen. I was in a, I was in a church one time. Uh, there was a single mom, single mom. She just had enough money to pay her bills. Every Sunday she'd come to church and say, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. Nothing was changing in her life. Finally, she got some teaching on tithing. And she said, no wonder nothing is changing. The same God I asked to bless, I robbed because I never tithe. But I only got enough money to make the, my ends meet. I don't know how to tithe. And then she said, I ain't never going to rob my daddy and expect him to bless me. First week came, she put in the tithe. Second Sunday, she put in the tithe. Third Sunday, she put in the tithe. The devil says, girl, your rent is due at the end of the month. You ain't going to have enough money for your rent. You better put your furniture on the street. You're going to be in trouble. She said, nope, I ain't going to rob my daddy and expect him to bless me. Three days before the end of the month, her boss called her in, gave her a $10,000 pay increase. Somebody shout next. Yes. You honor God. And what will God do? He'll honor you. Are you getting a hold of this? My brothers and sisters, you've got to get this right. Everybody say, get it right. Get it right. My brothers and sisters, I was in a church. This is a funny story. I was in a church, a denominational church. And I was in the pastor's office. And in the pastor's office, I was going through the church bulletin before the service. I have a bulletin, right? I said, Pastor, what are all these names in the bulletin? He said, well, in our church, we put the names of all the tithers from the previous Sunday. 
so that if your name don't show up four weeks in a row, the whole church knows you've been robbing God. Watch out, they're taking notes. <laughs> Everybody go, ouch. See, it's okay to rob God if nobody knows about it, but you don't want the whole world to know that you've been robbing God. Are you getting a hold of it? My brothers and sisters, if I didn't teach you this, then me coming was a total waste of time. Because one year from now, you'd be just as broke as you are now. Okay? I got to give you what's stopping your breakthrough. And the Lord said, this is what's stopping the breakthrough of so many people in this church. But it's time for the turnaround. Everybody say, it's time for the turnaround. It's your time for the turnaround. Tithing was never meant to be a command. Tithing uh-huh, was meant to be done cheerfully, because, with, not out of religion, not uh, out of duty. It was God. Say this after me. Tithing, Tithing. Is, God's system is God's system to bless me. You can't put God last and expect him to put you first. Come with me. There were three phases of tithing. Come with me to Genesis 14, 18. This was the first time it was shown in the Bible. Phase one. Genesis, oh, 14, 18. Here we go. Genesis 14, 18. You can look up at the screen now. In Genesis 14, 18. I'm getting there. Here we go. Melchizedek. Who is this guy Melchizedek? Where did he come from? Melchizedek, king of Salem, uh-huh, brought out bread and wine for their nourishment. Now, now, let me tell you what happened. Abram's nephew, Lot. Remember that story? You remember that uh, they were invaded? And, and they took Lot and all his possessions. And, and remember, they destroyed everything. And what did Abram do? He went after them with 300 men. Went after all these people, these armies, with 300 men. And God gave him victory with 300 men. Defeated them. Got Lot back. Got all his possessions back. Everybody say, God, God. gave him victory. Gave him victory. Now, 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 watch this. And Melchizedek. Who is Melchizedek? Let me tell you about Melchizedek. We did a research on this. There were, God, said to Abraham, God said to Adam, be fruitful and what? Multiply. Multiply. All right. Well, man sinned. All of planet Earth was destroyed uh, through the flood. Only one family was saved. Who was that? Noah and his three sons. And when they landed the ark, the boat, when they landed the ark, God said to Noah and his three sons, be fruitful and multiply. Same blessing was put on them. Two of those sons went off and they went back into sin. One son continued to serve God. His name was Shem. Everybody say Shem. Shem went to a place, he settled down, and later as his family settled down and grew, they called that place Salem. Everybody say Salem. Salem Salem still exists today, only today it's called Jerusalem. That's where Shem went. And because he continued to serve God, he was the high priest. He was the king of Salem. And you know what he was called? The mayor of Salem. Everybody say the mayor. Do you know what the Hebrew Chaldean word for mayor is? Melchizedek. So Shem became the Melchizedek, king of Salem. Who are we talking about? Shem. He was the great, 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 great grandfather of a guy called Abram. So God said to him, the high priest, go look for your great, great grandson. Because I want to make a covenant with him. Because he has been serving me. 
And God had given him the victory. Next verse. And he, who he? Melchizedek, the high priest. Blessed him, who him? Abram. And said, be Abraham, God most high, possessor of, of maker of heaven and earth. Blessed are you, Abraham. Everybody say, the high priest blessed Abram. Now, we'll look at the next verse. What did Abraham do? And blessed and praised and glorified be God most high, has given your foes into your hand. Who has given your foes into your hand? Gave him victory. Everybody say, God gave him victory. And Abraham gave him what? A tenth. This is the word mesa, the word tithe. Uh, come up here, brother. Come up here. Bring your phone. Bring your phone. Mm-hmm. Bring that bottle of water that's down there. All right. All right. What's this? No, no, stand back here so people can see me. For this, face me now. For this example, you're going to be Abram. All right. Everybody say, hello, Abram. For this example, I'm going to be uh, Melchizedek, the high priest. Everybody say, the high priest. Always pick the best part for myself. <laughs> okay. Now, what did the, this will represent the blessing? This will represent the tithe, the phone, all right? Now, what did the high priest give to Abram? Everybody shout, the blessing. blessing. What did Abram give to the high priest? Everybody shout, the tithe. All right, let's break it down again. What did Abraham give to the high priest? The tithe. What did the high priest give to Abram? The blessing. Let's do it again. What did Abram give to the high priest? The tithe. What did the high priest give to Abraham? The blessing. Do it one more time. What did Abraham give to the high priest? What did the high priest give to Abraham? This was the first time I saw it. It was called the blessing exchange. Say this after me. There was no blessing without the tithe. That's why so many Christians are not blessed. It was called the blessing exchange. Now, Now watch this. How many, Abraham, Abraham, give the tithe. Why did he give the tithe? Because God had blessed him. How do you know? He just gave him the battle. He won the battle. He took all the possessions. If it wasn't for God, he wouldn't have got nothing. How many of you God has ever blessed? Wave to me. If God has ever done anything in your life, wave to me. And then, why would you not give him the tithe? Say this after me. My future blessings are dependent on the tithe. Are you getting a hold of this? Thank you, my brother. Say this after me. Abram tithe. God bless. Abram tithe. God bless. Abram tithe. God bless. Tithing was your love response. Tithing was there because you honored God. Tithing was there because uh, 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 you wanted God to bless you. Tithing was there because you wanted to worship God. Everybody with me so far? Now, what did we learn earlier? Abraham taught his children and his children's children. Right? So come with me to the next uh, scripture. Let's go to, um, we are in Genesis. Let's go to Genesis 28, 20. Jacob made a vow. Mm. Okay, this is grandson Jacob. Everybody say Jacob. Isaac was the son, Jacob was the grandson. Remember, he taught his children and his what? Children's children. So did his children tithe? Let's find out. This is the second time I found it. Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in the way that I go and give me food to eat, clothing to wear, next verse, so that I may come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God, next verse, 
And this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all the increase you give me, what am I going to give you? A tenth. This is the word mesa, the tithe. So now, what's going on? Let's back up to verse 20. Can you put it back to verse 20? Jacob made a vow. What was the vow? Saying, if God will be with me. Everybody say, number one, God be with me. Uh, Keep me in the way that I go. Everybody say, number two, protection. Uh Uh-huh. And give me food to eat. Everybody shout, number three, food to eat. Everybody shout, number four, clothing to wear. Next verse. Uh Uh-huh. And he said to me, come to my father's house in peace. Everybody shout, number five, peace. And look at the next verse. If God will give me these five things, I will surely tithe. Are you seeing this? Back up to verse 20. Hmm. Let's look at verse 20. Jacob made a vow saying, God will be with me. Do you know that when you accepted Jesus, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Sure looks like like. you got number one. Hmm. What was the other one? Protection. How many of you want God's protection? Say this after me. Neighbor. Neighbor. Sure looks like like. you got number two. Number three was food to eat. How many of you this week have had some food to eat? Wave to me if you had some food to eat. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Sure looks like like. you got number three. Now, what was number four? Clothing to wear. I'm looking around the room. I don't see one naked person in the house. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Sure looks like like. you got number four. Next verse. What was number five? Uh Uh-huh. Come to my house in peace. Jesus said, peace I leave you. He's the prince of peace. When you accepted Jesus, you got peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Sure looks like like you got number five. So neighbor, what's your problem? Tithing. Oh, come on now. God's already given you these. Why would you have a problem tithing? Everybody say, Abram tithe. God bless. Jacob tithe. God bless. The people tithe. God bless. If I will tithe, God will bless. Come with me to Deuteronomy now. We'll go to Deuteronomy 14.29. Deuteronomy 14.29. I want you to see this in your Bible. You want to know why you're struggling? Let me tell you why. Because this is an area we've missed and we can't miss it anymore. Deuteronomy 14.29. And the Levite, because he has no part of inheritance in you, the stranger, the temporary resident, the fatherless, the widow, who are in your town, shall come and eat and be satisfied. So the Lord your God may what? How many of you want God to bless everything your hand touches? Me too. I bless everything my hand touches. Why does God bless everything their hand touches? Back up to verse 22. Deuteronomy 14.22. This stone which I've set up as a pillar shall be uh, God's house. And of all the increase you give me, I'm going to give you what? The tithe. Everybody shout, Abram tithe. God bless. Jacob tithe. God bless. If I will, don't go there. If I will tithe, God will bless. Now let me ask you a question. What do you think happened when the people stopped tithing? Everybody shout, no more blessing. But God loves his people. He wants to bless his people. 
So he said, if they won't do it voluntarily, I will change tithing from a love response to a commandment. And now we enter phase two of tithing, when tithing became a command. Come with me to Deuteronomy 26, 13. Tithing didn't start with the law, but it was regulated in the law. Look up at the screen now. Then you will say before the Lord your God, I brought the hallow thing. What was the hallow thing? The tithe. It was the word mesa. I brought the holy tithe out of my house, moreover given them to the Levite, the stranger, the sojourner, the fatherless, to the widow, according to all your suggestions? No. According to all your? According to all your? According to all your? Everybody say tithing. Is? A command. I didn't make it a command. The Bible did. You either believe the word of God or you don't. But you can't keep ripping out pages from your Bible. You got to make a decision. Do you believe the whole word of God or not? We are not a part gospel church. We are a full gospel church. We either believe the whole Bible or we don't believe none of it. Because we don't play with this thing. Amen. You say, but I've never been taught. That's okay. You're getting, getting it taught today. Amen. Just receive the word of God. Amen. Everybody say tithing, tithing. is a command. A command. Mm. According to all your commands, you command me. I have not transgressed any of your commandments. Now, uh, uh, God doesn't like it when you use his holy tithe on you. Next verse. Verse 14. I have not eaten of my tithe. Uh-uh. Don't, do, don't spend it on you. It's not yours. It belongs to God. In my morning, making the tithe unclean, nor have I handled any of it when I was unclean, nor have I given any of it to the dead. I said, God, ain't nobody going to give the tithe to the dead. He said, son, they do it every Sunday. I said, how? He said, you know what the purpose of church is? I said, Lord, tell me. He said, I put pastors, evangelists, apostles, prophets, and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints. Why? For the work of the ministry. The church is the place you get equipped for your purpose and your destiny. The church is the place where you learn about healing and so you're more healed today than you were yesterday. The church is the place where you're more prosperous tomorrow than you were today. The church is where you're growing in the Word of God. And do you know how many people, my brothers and sisters, in this community, right here, Virginia Beach, go to churches where five years later, they're still sick and broke. Five years later, they're still struggling. That, you know what God calls that? Everybody say, dead church. Dead They're bringing God's holy tithe to a dead church. God don't like that. Don't you be bringing God's holy tithe to a dead church. Well, Brother Nasser, I may be going to one of them dead churches. What should I do? Leave. I can't leave. Why not? Because my aunt goes there. My uncle goes there. My granddaddy goes, you don't go to church because your relatives go there. You go to church to learn the Word of God, to be equipped to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Hallelujah. And I know a church where they teach the Word of God. Right here. How do you know they teach the Word here? Oh, that's easy. They invited me. And I only teach the Word. Amen. Don't ever put God's holy tithe in a dead church again. Don't do that. Don't do that. Amen? All right. Uh, uh, I have not eaten on my morning, the tithe, handled it, 
tithe, when giving it to the dead, tithe. I've hearkened to the voice of the Lord my God. I've done according to all that you've commanded me. Everybody say, tithing is a command. What will happen if you give God the holy tithe? Next verse. Uh-huh. Look down from your holy habitation from heaven and what? Bless. Everybody say, Abram tithe. God bless. Jacob tithe. God bless. When the people tithe, God bless. If I will tithe, God will bless. Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? The blessing was always dependent on the tithe. It was called the blessing exchange. Amen? Next verse, verse 16. He says, this day. What's he talking about, the tithe? This day, the Lord your God has commanded you to do these statutes. We're talking about the tithe. Everybody say, tithing is a command. Now, I'm going to share something with you about tithing that most people don't know. Tithing doesn't begin by when you give it into the church. Tithing begins when you open your mouth and speak words. Tithing begins with words and ends with action. What words do you speak? Back up to verse 5. Uh-huh. Deuteronomy 26, verse 5. Verse 5. Here we go. Look. We'll put it up on the screen. Deuteronomy 26, verse 5. Uh-huh. Then you shall what? Say. Everybody say, say. What did we learn yesterday? You have to say something to something for something to happen. Your words initiate the tithe. Not just putting it in a bucket. You will say before the Lord, there's something you're supposed to say. All right, let's go down to uh, verse 13. Deuteronomy 26, 13. What did it say here? We're talking about the tithe. So Deuteronomy 26, 13. Let's see if we can put that one up there on the screen. Deuteronomy 26, 13. Then you will what? Say. Every time I read this, somebody was saying something to somebody. It wasn't just throwing something in a bucket. You had to make a confession. But there's a confession on tithing. Hmm. All right, uh, 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 let's go to verse 10. Deuteronomy 26, verse 10. What are you supposed to say? Then you will what? Say. Verse 10. What are you supposed to say? Let's go to verse 10. 26, verse 10. And now, behold, I bring the first fruit, watch this, of the ground you gave me. I bring the tithe of what? The job you gave me. I bring the tithe of what? The increase you gave me. You're making a declaration. I wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't have this house. I wouldn't have this money. I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God. So I'm saying, God, you gave it to me. That's why I'm bringing it to you. Are you getting a hold of this? And what declaration you make? We were in Deuteronomy 26.16. I think we were in Deuteronomy 26.16. Uh, 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 let's go there. This day God has commanded you. Everybody say, tithing, tithing. is a command. So what's the declaration you make when you tithe? Verse 17. Huh, next verse. This is the declaration you make. Deuteronomy 26, verse 17. It's coming up right now. Deuteronomy 26, verse 17. Is it coming? It's coming. It's coming. All right. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You have openly declared. You have to say something. What are you supposed to say? God, this is the tithe of the job you gave me. And what have you done? Because you've made the declaration, number one, because you've given him the tithe, number two, now you can say, God, I declare this day that you, to walk in your ways, your commandments, tithing is a commandment, and to keep your precepts. So you're declaring, God, this is the tithe of the job you gave me. 
And guess what? Because you have to, de- you have to give God the tithe with a declaration, because we live in a voice-activated system, God has to give you the blessing with a declaration. What does God declare over the tither? Next verse. And the Lord has declared. Isn't this interesting? What does God speak over the tither? That this day that you are his peculiar people promise and you are to keep all his commandments. Everybody say tithing is a command. Next verse. Verse 19. Uh-huh. And he will make you what? High above the nations. And praise and fame and honor and you will be a holy people to the Lord as he has what? So God speaks a blessing over you. Unfortunately, <laughs> the church, the denominations, have turned this into a benediction. What's the benediction? We're going to have a benediction at the end of the service. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Not scriptural. The blessing was spoken over the tithers. I've been in a church, this is going to make you laugh. I've been in a church where the pastor got up there, you're going to love this brother, the pastor got up there, well, it's time to give. And then they give and they says, Lord, bless those that give. And bless those that don't give. I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I get blessed if I give, I get blessed if I don't give. I don't think I'm going to give. That's totally, am I, am I telling the truth? That is completely unscriptural. No, the blessing was spoken over the ones that were tithers. Amen? Amen. Watch this. Go back to Deuteronomy 26.10. Not only do you speak something over your tithe before you give it, mm, you act, God calls it a form of worship. What? Yeah, watch this. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Deuteronomy 26.10. My brother's going to put it up on the screen. I want you to see this in your Bible. Deuteronomy 26.10. Everybody say, tithing puts me in a position to receive the blessing. And what you say, Lord, this is the tithe of the job you gave me. And you will set it down before the Lord your God and what? Worship. Why? Why would you worship when you bring the tithe? You're bringing something Holy. You can't play with holy things. You've got to do this thing right. Amen. When you bring the tithe, you make a confession, you bring it and you worship God with your tithe. Amen. My brothers and sisters, worship, this word worship has nothing to do with singing. There is no worship in a church if they're not tithing. They're just singing songs. Even the world can sing songs. Anybody can sing a song. But don't call that worship. Because God don't call that worship. God calls worship bringing something holy to God. Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? Hmm. I'm telling you, we've got to start doing this thing right now. You're bringing something holy to God. Amen? My brothers and sisters, you can give without worshiping but you can never worship without giving. Tithing is your open declaration of your source. Now, how many of you love Jesus? Wave to me if you love Jesus. All of you that love Jesus, wave to me. All right, all right. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. I love you. I love you. 
Now, he's not listening to you. Why? John 14, 15. Jesus does not believe you when you say you love him. Why? Because Jesus said these words. If you really love me, you will keep my... Tithing is a... You know how many Christians say, I love Jesus? They're not tithing. They don't love Jesus. How can you, how can I love pastor and steal from him? What kind of love is that? Is that a new definition of love that I've never heard of? That ain't agape. Love isn't taking. Love is giving. So you can no longer say from your mouth, I love Jesus. And you're not going to do his commandments. Are you getting a hold of this? Because we've been playing church for 2,000 years. And for 2,000 years, we should have taken over this planet. But guess what? We're still sick and broke. Because the very God we serve is the God we rob. That ain't working. Amen. But Brother Nasser, you don't understand. It is too hard for me to tithe. Good. Let's find out. 1 John 5, 3. 1 John. Let's go over to the Word of God. 1 John 5, 3. For the love of God is this. What is the love of God? That I come to church and say, Jesus, I love you. Is that the love of God? That's not what the Bible says. The love of God is we keep his tithing is a... And he even goes to say, and these are not hard. They're not burdensome. They're not oppressive. They're not irksome. They're not grievous. Say this after me. It's It's not that I cannot afford to tithe... I cannot afford not to tithe. Are you seeing this? You can't have broke churches no more. Tithing was God's system for the church to be self-sufficient. You don't need no government programs. You ought to be blessed because you're a tither giving offerings led by the Spirit. And guess what? The more money comes in the church, the more money comes to you. You get blessed. God blesses you because you're a tither. The money goes to build a church. And the next thing you know, we're taking over the city. And because we've been sold alive by the devil, that I don't have to tithe no more. You know what? You know, I say this. These people go into churches. You've got to watch them now. They come into the church. They sit in the back of the church. And they say, they whisper to people, you don't have to tithe in the New Testament. It was Old Testament. We ain't tithing anymore in the New Testament. You ever heard that junk? My first question is, have you ever read the New Testament? Go to Hebrews 7, 8. And if you're not sure where Hebrews is, it's in the New Testament. (laughs) Come on now. This is the book of the New Covenant. If there was ever a book that would tell you not to tithe, it would be the book of Hebrews. And what does the book of Hebrews say? Here. Furthermore, here. Tithes. You see the word tithe? Everybody say tithing. Is in the New Testament. Tithes are received by men. You see the word here, H-E-R-E. You see that word here, brother, up there? The word here is the Greek word right now where I stand. Why is that important? This was written in A.D. 65. What's A.D. 65? 32 years after Jesus ascended. So for 32 years, every week, every month, every year, they were tithing in the New Testament. Don't bind all that junk. We don't have to do this in the New Testament. The tithe belonged to God yesterday, belongs to God today, and it'll always belong to God tomorrow. It is the Lord's. 
Don't buy into that junk. Stay with the word. Everybody say, stay with the word. You know what the high priest did with the tithe? Can I tell you? Hebrews 8.1. This is what the high priest did with the tithe. But the main point of what we have to say is this. We have such a high priest. One seated at the right hand of the majesty. Who is that high priest? Everybody shout Jesus. Jesus. Uh-huh. Next verse. What does the high priest do? As officiating priest, minister in the holy places in the true tabernacle, erected not by man but by the Lord. Everybody shout Jesus. Jesus. Verse 3. Every high priest. Everybody shout Jesus is appointed to offer up gifts and sacrifices, so it's essential for this high priest. Everybody shout, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus receives your tithe. Jesus presents it to the Father. Then Jesus <laughs> stretches out his hand and speaks a blessing over the tither. Who blesses me? Jesus. Who is my high priest today? Jesus. Who receives the tithe today? Jesus. And if he doesn't receive your tithe, he doesn't speak a blessing over you and your family. Are you seeing this? We got to get this thing right. Is there any other scripture in the New Testament? Yep, go, my brother, go to Romans 2.22. This was written in A.D. 57 in the New Testament. You who say not to commit adultery, do you commit adultery? Everybody shout, no way. Uh-huh. You who loathe idols, do you rob temples? Everybody shout, no way. What does it mean to rob temples? Do you appropriate for your own use what is consecrated? The word consecrated means holy. What is holy to God? What is holy to God? Everybody shout the tithe. Thus robbing the sanctuary and doing sacrilege. How many of you robbed a bank this week? Wave to me if you robbed a bank. Brother Nasser, nobody robs. That's a, that's, a, that's a commandment. Thou shalt not rob. How many of you killed somebody this week? Nobody kills. That's a commandment. Thou shalt not kill. We keep those commandments. But what happened to the tithing commandment? So you're not allowed to rob your neighbor, but you're allowed to rob God? Mm, that was a commandment. My brothers and sisters, God will never hold you responsible for what you don't know. But the day you know something and you still rob him, oh, you're in serious trouble now. Because he don't want you to quote the scriptures. He wants you to live them. Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? Come with me to the most famous (laughs) prosperity scripture in the Bible. Every preacher quotes this scripture. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'm blessed, 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 blessed. They even sing a song about this. Blessed, blessed. But come on now. What does it say? (laughs) If I will listen to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do His commandments. Everybody say tithing is a command. If you don't do the command of tithing, don't read anything else. It ain't going to happen to you. What happens? The Lord will set you high above the nations. Next verse. Uh-huh. And all these blessings. Who are the blessings going to? Everybody shout the tither. Are uh, you seeing this? You don't do the command of tithing. And then you say, I don't know why I'm not blessing the city, blessing the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. It was all connected to the tithe. You say, Brother Nasser, I, I, I'm not a tither. Uh, if I don't get the blessings, what's going to happen to me? Well, we got a scripture for you too. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. (gasps) Don't take us to the dreaded verse 15. You can handle it. Mm. But (laughs) 
If you'll not obey the voice of the Lord your God, uh huh, you'll not do the commandments. Everybody shout tithing. Then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. I don't have time to teach you tonight, my brothers and sisters. Sixteen curses of poverty. How many? Fifty-four curses of sickness. How many? Do you want to open the door to 16 poverty curses? Do you want to open the door to 54 sickness curses? No. Then why would you do this? Hmm. My brothers and sisters, in America, 12% of Christians faithfully, consistently tithe. 88% of Christians are sick, broke, and struggling. Do you think there's a correlation here? Because they're not tithers. Amen. God put the curse of poverty on me. No, no, no. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Look at what the Bible says. God says, I call heaven and earth to witness this day before you that I've set before you what? Life and death. I've set before you what? Blessings and curses. You choose. Say this after me. The curse of poverty will always come on me when I make a wrong choice. Are you getting a hold of this? Come back with me to Malachi 3.8. And I'm going to break the spirit of poverty over you tonight. Everybody say, no more poverty. Not after tonight. Because you are going to make a commitment tonight to no longer rob God. Amen? All right, here we go. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. How? In tithes and offerings. And my brothers and sisters, let me just say this to all you parents in the house. If you're not tithers, you're setting the wrong example for your children. Because your children are going to grow up and they're not going to be tithers either. And then they wonder why they are not blessed. Amen. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. How did we rob you, God? Everybody shout tithes and offerings. Do you know what the result of robbing God is? Can I tell you? Next verse. Huh. You are cursed with a curse. Why? Because you are robbing me. You made a wrong decision. A young man robbed a bank, got caught, went to court, and the judge says, I'm giving you five years in jail for robbing this bank. And the young man said, but, but, but judge, I'm a nice guy, you're a nice guy, don't give me five years in jail. And the judge says, I'm not giving you five years in jail because you're not a nice guy. You have to pay the consequence of your action. Everybody say, poverty is always a consequence of a wrong action. God wanted tithes and offerings to make the church self-sufficient. That's why he set it up this way, my brothers and sisters. But if we won't do it God's way, then we can't get God mad at God because things are not working in our lives. Amen? Money is more spiritual than singing songs. <laughs> money is a test and money is a tool. Are you going to fall in love with money or are you going to use money simply as a tool? Don't let money control you. You're supposed to control it. And if the tithe belongs to God and there's enough scriptures and you see it in the Bible, then you should be tithing. Tithing was there before the law with Cain and Abel. You ever wonder why God liked what Abel did and didn't like what Cain did? Abel had animals. The first animals that came, he said, God, this is for you. This is for you. Without you, I'd have nothing. Cain had crops. He said, I'm keeping that one, that one, that one, and that one. I don't like that one. I give God the leftover. 
One gave him the firstborn, one gave the leftover. Do you understand now what pleased God? Amen. Melchizedek and Abraham, we saw tithing 430 years before the law. Jacob, we saw tithing. All the way into the New Testament, we saw tithing. Jesus never said, stop tithing. Tithing is so important. Oh, Lord. Tithing, say this after me. Tithing is the covenant of protection. God said, I'm going to give you the promised land. You don't have to fight. There was no battle of Jericho. They went for a walk and the walls came tumbling down. God fought all of their battles. But God said, I'm giving you a land full of milk and honey. I'm giving you protection everywhere you go. Nobody will ever defeat you. I don't care if there's giants in the land. I'm going to take care of them. Everybody say protection. But then he also said, the first city you get is the city of Jericho. And that's the tithe. And all the spoils of Jericho belong to me. They went to the second battle. And they're losing. And the men are dying. And Joshua said, God, 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 where's your protection? There's no protection anymore. Where's your protection? God said, no more protection. Why? One man took some of the spoils of Jericho. They found that man, stoned him to death, gave the spoils back to God, and the protection came up. I don't know about you, but me? Uh Uh-uh. I ain't going to leave my house in Tulsa. I'm not going to come all the way to Virginia Beach without the protection of God. I need the protection of God. I'm not going to leave my wife home in, uh, 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 in Tulsa without the protection of God. She needs the protection of God. I'm not going to have my one son in Washington, D.C. without the protection of God. He needs the protection of God. I'm not going to have my other son fly to China and back uh, doing business without the protection of God. I want all my children. How many of you want all your children to have the protection of God? I'm not going to leave my three little granddaughters in Broken Arrow without the They need the protection of Is it worth taking a dime out of a dollar so you can give up all the protection? Is it worth it? People come to me all the time and they say, why do bad things happen to good people? You know my answer? Let me see their tithing record. I'll tell you which day God lifted his protection. Say this after me. God, don't protect People who rob him. It's that simple. I need the protection of God. You need the protection of God. When you're not a tither, you give the devil a legal right to hold back your finances. But we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's right. But we've been redeemed to the blessings of Abraham. Everybody say, the blessings of Abraham will never come on me if I don't do... What Abraham did. And Abraham was a tither. Are you seeing this? We should never have been under poverty. No longer should we be under poverty. We've missed our covenant connection. Say this after me. It's time to honor God, not rob him. Tithing is the way you qualify as God's steward. God owns it all. And if you start robbing him, you disqualify yourself from stewardship. That's what Adam did. And guess what? He lost it all. He lost his home. He lost his provision. He lost everything. Jesus said these words. He said, give Caesar what is Caesar's. Everybody shout the tax. 
But did he not also say, give God what is God's? Everybody shout the tithe. Come with me to the next verse. Bring all the tithe. You might be figuring out why bad things have been happening in your past. Now you know why the protection was lifted. Bring all the tithe. There's that word maser again. The whole ten pods into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a what? Everybody say Abram tithe. God bless. Jacob tithe. God bless. The people tithe. God bless. If I will tithe, God will bless. You see, the tithing and the blessing is in one verse. You cannot miss this anymore. And this is the eighth time I've shown you today, which means the time of new beginnings. This is your season of new beginnings. We're going to do this thing right. Amen? So what's the first word? Everybody shout, bring. Bring. What does the word bring mean? Turn to your neighbor and say, get out of bed. He didn't say put it in the mail. He said, bring it. Don't forsake the assembly. Come to church. You're bringing something holy to God. Bring. What is the second word? All. What does the all word all mean in Virginia? You can't say, Uncle Fred's unemployed. I'm going to give him half my tithe. Aunt Mabel is sick right now. I'm going to give a quarter of my tithe. And whatever's left over, I'm going to bring it to church. It ain't yours to make the decision. It belongs to God. So how much of your tithe should you give God? The tithe. What is the tithe? The tenth part of your income. Bring it where? Into the church where you're fed the word of God. Say this after me. The purpose of the tithe is the feeding of the word. Say it again. The purpose of the tithe is the feeding of the word. So you bring the tithe where you are fed the word of God. Does that make sense? That's where the tithe is supposed to go. Where you're fed the word of God. Now, having said that, let me go one step further. There is a big mistake that pastors make around the country. Hmm. And they should have never made this mistake. The mistake pastors make is that they tithe into their own church. Say this after me. The purpose of the tithe is the feeding of the word. Pastors were Christians before they were pastors. And as Christians, the pastors need to tithe where they are fed the word. If the pastors are not tithing where they're fed the word, they have no right to tell you to tithe where you're fed the word. And they're putting their tithe into their own church. I said, but you already know what you know. Why don't you find someone to feed you? And when you find someone to feed you, you tithe there. Then you have every right to tell the people in your church to tithe where they're fed. Are you getting a hold of this? We got to do this thing right. We got to do this thing right. Bring all the tithe where? Into the storehouse that there may be what? Meat in my house. Uh huh. Don't go to churches where there's a little milk, a little formula. Find a church where there's the meat of the word. Amen. There may be meat in my house. Uh huh. Now, so what does that mean? Uh, Then he said, prove me. But let's break this down. Did you notice that in verse 8, he said, you robbed me in tithes. You can put verse 8 up. You robbed me in tithes and what? Say that again. Tithes and what? Everybody say two things. things. 
All right. Now let's go to verse 10. What does verse 10 say? Huh? Verse 10 said, bring all the what? Did you notice the word offering is not up there? I've had pastors misquote the scripture. I've had pastors get up Sunday morning and say, you know what the Bible says? Bring all the tithes and the offerings to the church. That's not what the Bible says. You're twisting scripture. You're making it up. God ain't going to bless that. What does it say? Bring all the... Ah. Why? Because the tithe always goes where you fed the Word of God. You know what the tithe does? It keeps the air conditioner going. It keeps the lights on. gives you a nice chair to sit on. It takes care of all the expenses. And because we don't tithe, the expenses of the church are never covered. And then we have to give offerings to cover what the tithe should have covered all the time. That's why it never says bring the offerings to the church. Now, does that mean you shouldn't bring an offering to the church? No. Listen, the tithe, you don't have to pray about. Everybody say 10%. 10%. You don't even have to pray where to give it. Say, I always give, I always give. The, tithe the tithe where I'm fed the word. Now, how much is the offering? I don't know. How do I know how much the offering is? Everybody shout, pray, pray. Obey. obey. Where do you give the offering? You give the offering where you are also fed the word. So can I bring the offering to the church? Of course you can. But if you're watching me on television or somebody on television that's feeding you the word of God, don't give them the tithe. That's to keep the expenses of this place going. You give them an offering. You see a visitor like me, a preacher like me come to your church, don't give me the tithe. That belongs to the church. But you can give me an offering. You pray and obey. You see how we got this thing backwards? If every member of the church tithed, this church would never have a need. And then you can bring offerings. How? Led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how the church was meant to be self-sufficient all the time. But we got to teach God's Word. Everybody say God's Word. So how did I rob him when I took the tithe? It belongs to him. How did I rob him when I took the offering? Psalms 35 27. Everybody say, the tithe is not my seed because, say it again, because it's not mine. How can it be your seed when it ain't yours to begin with? So what is your seed? The offering. You give the tithe and guess what you do? Over and above the tithe, you pray. Everybody say, pray, Pray. obey, Obey. and God will tell you what offering to give. Does that make sense? Now, what happens when you don't give the offering God tells you? Let those who favor my righteous cause and pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say, the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in what? The prosperity of his servants. Now, watch me. Everyone watch me. When you're a tither, when you're not a tither, everybody say, when I'm not a tither, you're under the spirit of poverty. Everybody say, the spirit of poverty. When you become a tither, God shifts you away from the spirit of poverty and puts you under something called the open windows of heaven. Everybody with me so far? Only puts the tithers under the window of heaven. Now what do you do? We found out that you pray and obey. Everybody say pray, Pray. obey, Obey. 
And whatever the Lord tells you, that becomes your offering. What did we find out about seed? God takes that seed that you plant, and it comes back to you how? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men. And so the seed becomes a harvest. You start to prosper, and when you prosper, God gets pleasure. So when you don't give God the tithe, you keep something that is not yours. You're under the spirit of poverty. When you don't give God the offering, you never give him the right seed to prosper you. And if he doesn't prosper you, then you rob him of his pleasure. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, never hold back the right offering and rob your daddy of his pleasure to prosper. Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? Come back to, to Malachi 3.10. Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes, yeah, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and prove me. This is the only time, the one time in the entire Bible, that God says, check me out. Prove me. If I'm not going to open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing, you won't have room enough to contain. My brothers and sisters, let me share this with you. This is, you're going to love this testimony. I was in, uh, how many of you ever heard of a city called Oklahoma City? Have you ever heard of Oklahoma City? I was in Oklahoma City one day, preaching in a church. After I finished this preaching, the pastor got up there and said, Church, let's do it. Let's prove God. For the next six months, I want every member of the church to be a tither. And after six months, we're going to have a testimony night. And everyone that's had a great testimony will be able to share that night. And if six months of tithing does not give you a great testimony, I, the pastor, will write you a check for six months of tithe back. Now, there's a guy that ain't playing. There's a guy that believes the Word of God. Well, after six months, they had a testimony night. Everybody in the church was a tither. And guess what? Not one person could get up and say, I had not had a great testimony. Not one. God keeps watching over his word. Every person in the church had an incredible breakthrough because they were a tither. Are you getting a hold of this? My brothers and sisters, uh-huh, prove me now. Then he says, if I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. How many of you want God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing? Wave to me if you want God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. All right, now listen, if you want God to open up the windows of heaven, you better find out what they are. So I did a study on the windows of heaven. What are the windows of heaven? Come with me to the first time I found it, Genesis 7-11. Sounds like a grocery store, doesn't it? Let's go get some milk in Genesis 7-11. <laughs> Genesis 7-11, here we go. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. Genesis 7-11. It's coming up on the screen. Here it comes. In the year 600 of Noah's life, in the 17th day of the second month, in the same day all the fountains of the great deep were broken up, burst forth, and the windows of heaven. This is the Hebrew word shameh. Everybody say shameh. The word shameh is not only translated windows, it's also translated floodgates. Because you're going to find out now, those windows are big. You know what happened when he opened the windows of heaven? Can I tell you? God opened the windows of heaven. Enough water came out of those windows. The highest mountain on planet Earth was one mile below the water level. Turn to your neighbor and say, them windows are big. 
And for the tither's sake, he's going to open up the windows. Why is that important? Watch me now. When you're not a tither, you're under the spirit of what? Poverty. When you become a tither, God shifts you away from the spirit of poverty and puts you under the shameh, the windows, the floodgates of heaven. Why is it so important that I be under the windows of heaven? Because now, from the 90% left over, you are to pray and what? Obey. He'll tell you the seed to plant. You plant the seed. Why is it critical that you're under the windows of heaven? What's the purpose of the windows of heaven? The windows of heaven release water that waters your seed, causes it to grow and become a harvest in your life. That's the purpose of the windows of heaven. So if you're not a tither, your seed never gets watered. Is there any other scripture to back it up? Sure. Come with me to Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. Uh-huh. Deuteronomy 28. If you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, doing what will do His commandments. Everybody say, tithing is a command. What will God do because you're a tither? Verse 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. The Lord will do what? Open to you His good treasury. What? The heavens. What's going to come out of heavens? rain in your land in its season and do what? Bless all the work of your hands. Everybody say, the windows of heaven water my seed to bring my harvest. Let me give you the third time I saw it. Go with me to Haggai 1.9. Haggai 1.9. It's all through the Bible. Say this after me. The tithe puts me in God's house. The offering Puts me in my house. Don't get them confused now. Don't get them confused. All right, look at this. You look for much harvest. This is where the church is today. They're looking for harvest, looking for harvest, and they're struggling. They're never seeing it. And behold, it came to little. Why? Even when you brought that home, God says, I blew it away. Why? Because my house. He's talking, not talking about people. This is Old Testament. He's talking about a building. Everybody say, building. My house, which lies waste, While you yourselves run each man to his own house, eager to build it. Everybody say, they used God's holy tithe to build their house, not God's house. And you know what happened when they did that? Therefore, next verse, verse 10. Therefore, what happened? The heavens above you withhold the dew. Everybody say, no water on my seed. That's why every Sunday, people come to church and they throw something in a bucket. And you ask them about their 30-fold testimony, 60-fold testimony, 100-fold testimony, and they ain't got none. Why? Because no water hit that seed. If that isn't powerful enough, what did we learn yesterday? The word earth is not just the dirt, but the people on the dirt. What do we learn? You give and it comes back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men. The men that have your harvest. God says, no. He holds them back. Don't give them the car. Don't give them the house. Don't give them their harvest. Why? They're not tithing. That's why the rest of this says, the earth withholds its produce. Are you getting a hold of this, my brothers and sisters? can't rob God and then wonder why you're not blessed. Amen. Come with me to Malachi 3.11. Not only will God bless you, but he says, I will rebuke the devourer. 
The one that's been stealing your stuff ain't going to steal your stuff no more. Just when you thought you were doing good, you had uh, 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 some money put, set aside, you had some money saved up, guess what? Your car broke down. Your dishwasher broke down. Your air conditioner broke down. Why? That's the devourer coming to steal the fruit of your labor. When you are a tither, he puts protection over your stuff. What does that mean? Your car will last longer. Your refrigerator will last longer. Your furnace will last longer. Because tithing is the covenant of protection. Are you seeing this, my brothers and sisters? That's why it's so important. Uh, and guess what? Uh, neither shall your vine drop its fruit. The word devourer. Everybody say devourer. You know what that Hebrew word is? Seed eater. In other words, the devourer will cause you to put seed to fix stuff when you should have put seed to get your harvest. That's what he does. Because you're not a tither. And you don't have to worry about the devourer. God said, if you become a tither, I'll take care of him. I'll take care of him. He ain't going to steal from you no more because you're under protection. My brothers and sisters, listen to me. Either God gets the tithe or the devourer gets it by fixing stuff that shouldn't have broken down. How many of you think it's a good idea just to give it to God? Come on, just give it to God. Amen? You didn't rob me, you robbed God himself and wonder why he didn't bless you. Tithing takes you out of the curse and into the covenant. My brothers and sisters, uh huh. remember I told you at the beginning of this evening how I made $112,000 that month? When I got this revelation, in the old days, we used to have Sunday night service. Went back to church Sunday night. Wrote a check for $11,200. I said, Lord, I ain't going to tie. I ain't going to rob you another day of my life. And then expect you to bless me. If you won't rob him, he will bless you. If you will rob him, he can't bless you. Amen. But something spectacular happened that afternoon. I was a prayer that I prayed, led by the Spirit. I'm going to share that with you. But before I tell you about that prayer, did you hear about the two men stranded on a desert island? Did you ever hear that story? Two men stranded on a desert You never heard that? Two men stranded on a desert island. One of them was pacing the floor. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're stranded on a desert island. Nobody knows we're here. We're going to die. We're going to die. The second guy is sunbathing. The first guy says, how can you be sunbathing? We're stranded on a desert island. Nobody knows we're here. We're going to die. The second guy says, no, no, no. We're not going to die. We're going to be fine. I make $100,000 a week. And the first guy says, are you crazy? We're on a desert island. Nobody knows we're here. Your money can't help you now. And the second guy says, no, no, you don't understand. I make $100,000 a week. I am a tither. My pastor will find me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your pastor will find you. (laughs) Joking aside, I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I did not know how serious this stuff was. Do I owe you 20% now of every time since I gave my life to Jesus? I had not died. I'll never forget what the Lord said. He said, son, I'm the God of a second chance. Come with me to 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. I'm the God of a second chance. 1 John 1, 9. If condition, we will admit that we have sinned. Keeping the tithe is robbing God. 
It's a sin. It's a disobedience of a divine command. God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. My brothers and sisters, when you tell God that you kept the tithe, it's not when God found out about it. He actually knew it when it happened. It's when you get rid of it and you get forgiven and cleansed. Forgiven by faith. Tonight, God wants to give every person in the house a second chance. But you've got to admit it. You've got to be honest with God. Because God only forgives on honesty. God saw it when it happened. And he only moves on honesty. Tonight, God told me to pray for the spirit of poverty to be broken over your life. But that can't happen if you won't admit it and then quit it. You've got to make a decision to honor God and not rob Him anymore. My brothers, it's time that we did it right. If you don't do this, you will not prosper. Come with me to Proverbs 28, verse 13. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says this. Proverbs 28, verse 13. Look at what it says. Proverbs 28. He who covers his sin. What happens to that guy? No, not going to prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes his sin will obtain what? So the Lord told me to lead you in a simple, simple prayer. Just like he led me. And gave me a second chance. And I believe God wants to give you a second chance. Don't miss it. Don't blow it. This is a very holy time. Not a time to be walking around. I want you to close your eyes. And bow your head. With eyes closed and heads bowed. Nobody looking around. Maybe you were like me. Maybe you just didn't know how serious the tithe was. Maybe you just didn't know that you were literally robbing God by holding back the tithe. And that's why you've not seen his protection. That's why you've not seen his favor. That's why things have not turned around. That's why your prayers have not been answered. That's why you're not walking in health. That's why you've not seen prosperity. But we can break that spirit of poverty over your life today. And the only way we can break it is if you will admit that you've done wrong. You've robbed God. Then he's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and give you a fresh start, a new beginning. So with eyes closed and heads bowed, nobody looking around. If that's you I'm talking to, that since you gave your life to Christ, you were not always faithful to bring all your tithes where you fed the word. I want to pray a simple prayer over you to break that spirit of poverty over your life forever. You know, and God knows, since you became a Christian to now, if you've been faithful with all the tithes every week. If you haven't, then let me pray with you and break the spirit of poverty over your life. Let God give you a new beginning. If that's you, 
You know how long you've been saved. You know if you've been always a tither. And you know if you're not. If you've not always been a tither since you gave your life to Christ, let me pray with you so God can bless you. If that's you I'm talking to, lift up your hand quickly, 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 all over this place, all over this place, all over this place, since you gave your life to Christ. If you've not been a tither uh, since you became a Christian, lift up your hand. You may have tithed once in a while, but if you haven't tithed all the time, every tithe since you became a Christian, lift up your hand nice and high. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I said, I'm going to pray with you. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Everyone that lifted up their hand, everyone stand to your feet. Quickly, quickly, quickly. I want to pray with you. I want you to get out of your seat. I want you to come to the altar. I want you to kneel at the altar right now, right now, right now. Quickly, quickly. The anointing is very strong. Anywhere along here, get on your knees. Get on your knees. Anywhere in this platform area. Come as close to the front as you can so people can get in behind you. Get, get on your knees. Get on your knees right now. If you lifted up your hand, just get on your knees. Just get on your knees. If you are not, if you've not been a tither since you gave your life to Christ, these people that have come forward, I'm going to break the spirit of poverty over their lives. If you're sitting in your seat, when you come forward, you close your eyes and start talking to Jesus. You didn't rob me. You didn't rob pastor. You robbed the very God you pray to every Sunday to heal you and bless you. That's the one you robbed. If you're still sitting in your seat, it's not, you don't need to be looking at the people that are up front. That's not your business. You take the plank out of your eye before you worry about the speck in your brother's eye. If you've not always been a faithful tither, I'm going to ask one more time. If you've not always been a faithful tither since you became a Christian every week, I want you to come forward right now. Don't miss this chance. To break the spirit of poverty over your life. I'm a leader here. I can't do that. Pastor may see me. Are you crazy? God has seen you. And he sent me here to break this spirit that's been on your life. So that you would be blessed. I don't care if you're young people. If you've not been a tither. You need to come forward right now. Come forward right now. Come forward right now. This is the last time I'm going to say it. Young people, old people, single people, married people. If you've not always been faithful to God. If you've even robbed him one time. You need to come forward right now. Because now you understand why things have not worked out. Why things have not gone right. Why the protection of God has not been on you. I need you to come forward right now. You've not always been a tither since you became a Christian. I want you to come forward right now. Because I'm about to pray for these people. I'm about to break the spirit of poverty on their lives forever. Hallelujah. 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 Now those of you that have come forward with your eyes closed and your hands lifted up. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Father God. I've heard your word. I choose this day to believe your word. I will never, I will never rob you another day of my life. Forgive me. Give me another chance. I promise you, from this day forward, I will be a faithful Tither 
Where I'm fed the word. Break the spirit of poverty over my life. Tonight, move me from the spirit of poverty to the open windows. Tonight, so water can come on my seed and become a harvest in my life. I promise you, from this day forward, I will be a faithful tither. And I'll pray. And I'll sow the seed. When I'm fed the word, I won't rub you. And I won't mock you. And I know the favor of God, the blessings of God, the prosperity of God will come on me and overtake me. And water tonight will hit my seed because I've given you my word and I'm going to keep it from this day forward. Wash me clean. Give me another chance. I promise you, I will be a tither from this day forward and give offerings where I'm fed the word. I ask this now in Jesus' name. Now keep your eyes closed while I pray for you. I thank you, Lord. You told me to do this on the last night. You said people would be on their knees in tears at the altar. I'm already seeing that, Lord. Only the anointing could have done that. And I see, Lord, that your word declares that if we will admit it, we will confess it. Mm, you will wash us clean and give us another chance. And because they've admitted it and they've made a commitment to you, that this night you've washed them clean. I thank you, Lord, that they are no longer under the spirit of poverty. That this night you've moved them to the open windows of heaven. Now Satan. I put you under notice. You had a legal right. To hold back their jobs. Their businesses. Their finances. The favor that they needed. In every situation they're going through. You had a legal right. To hold back their healings. You had a legal right. To hold back their prosperity. You had a legal right. To hold back the jobs and the businesses. You had a legal right. To hold back their prosperity. But you don't have a legal right anymore. They have been washed in the blood. They've been cleansed. They've been moved. Under the windows of heaven now. So I break the spirit of poverty over their lives tonight in the name of Jesus. It is broken and I release into them the anointing of increase. Everything they touch from this day forward will prosper. Everything their hands touch from this day forward will prosper. I release the anointing, the anointing, the anointing of increase. Let it flow. Everything their hands touch from this day forward will prosper in the name of Jesus. Everything they touch from this day forward will prosper in the name of Jesus. I release the anointing, the anointing of increase. Everything she touches from this day forward will prosper in the name of Jesus. I release the anointing of increase. Everything she touches, everything these hands touch will prosper in the name of Jesus. I release that anointing. 
Everything these hands touch will prosper in the name of Jesus. I release the anointing to those that have come forward. I release the anointing for those that are sitting in their seats that said the same prayer. I release that anointing to each and every one that said that prayer tonight. I thank you, Lord. We're children of faith, which means we believe, we receive. When we pray, we seal this with thanksgiving. I Give you glory, give you honor, give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now everybody look at me. Stay right where you are. Look at me. I saw it. God took the book of life and he opened it to your page. And everywhere in that book, it said that you had not been a faithful tither. He got a huge eraser and wiped it clean. It does not exist anymore. You don't have to give him 20% of what happened in the past. Today is a new day. It's a new beginning. Forget the past. If the devil ever says to you, but you didn't tithe before, you say, devil, I don't remember. Because when God forgives, he also forgets. It's finished. And guess what I saw? I saw him move you from the spirit of poverty. And every single one of you that said that prayer are right now under the open windows but listen to this word of warning. The devil can never put you back under poverty. But if you don't keep the word that you gave to God tonight in your prayer and be a faithful tither, you'll put yourself back under the spirit of poverty. And I saw it. In Haggai, they went to God and they said, God, we'll build your temple. They hadn't put one brick, not one brick. They just said, we'll build your temple. And God said these words, because you've given me your word from this day, will I bless you. And the spirit of the Lord would say to each and every one of you that said that prayer, because you've given me your word, God says from this night, your blessing begins. Yeah. Hallelujah. Everybody say, it's tonight. it's tonight. It's broken. No more poverty. Favor with God in every situation. Don't ever worry again. Amen? Amen. You got it tonight. Because you went before the throne room. Now, you're all under the windows of heaven. Am I right? Yes. Watch this. In the next 12 minutes, I'm going to show you how to control the flow of those windows. No point being under the windows if you don't know how to control the flow. Amen? Would you please go back to your seats? Give me just 12 minutes and we'll be through. Give yourselves a big hand. A big hand. Come with me to Proverbs. My brother, I need you over there. Proverbs 3 9. Some of you men, help this. Oh, she's up. Okay, good. All right. Proverbs 3 9. I want you to see this. This is where you are now. You need to know where you are now. It took a lot of courage for each and every one of you to come forward. And I take my hat off to you. But you know what? God's going to bless you. This is what's about to happen to you. Uh-huh. Proverbs 3.9. Proverbs 3.9. Look up at the screen now. Honor the Lord. Everybody say, honor the Lord. With your capital. Everybody shout, my offering. What happens when you honor God with your offering? And your first fruit. Everybody shout, my tithe. 
Look at verse, the next verse. This is what's about to happen to each and every one of you starting tonight. The uh, next verse, Proverbs 3.10. So your storage places will be filled with plenty. How many of you want to enter the land of plenty tonight? Tonight we enter the land of plenty and your vats will overflow. How many of you ready for overflow? We're about to get into overflow tonight. Come with me to Proverbs 11.24. Proverbs 11.24. This is what's about to happen to you. Proverbs 11.24 says this. Uh-huh. Proverbs 11.24. Uh-huh. There are those that scatter abroad. Everybody shout the sower. the sower. What happens to the sower? They increase. There are those that hold back more than what is right. And what happens to them? Results in one. One increases, one decreases. Which one increases? Everybody shout the sower. Uh-huh. Look at the next verse. Uh-huh. The liberal person. Everybody shout the giver shall be enriched. They're the ones that prosper. And, the, and he who waters, watch this, will himself be watered. I'll tell you the most famous watering scripture in the Bible. You know it inside out. You just didn't know it had to do with watering. Come with me to Luke 6.38. Make the right decisions. The sower prospers. The keeper doesn't. What is this scripture? Give. And how it happens? It comes back, good measure, pressed down, shaking, together, running over. Shall men point to your bosom? Hmm. For the measure you give, what happens? It shall be measured back to you. When you bless someone else, someone else will come and bless you. How much will they bless me? Let me say that again. The measure you give sets the measure that comes back. Are you getting on? How many of you want God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a significant blessing? To get a significant blessing, you have to plant a significant seed. Are you getting over this? One dollar never gets you a million. It don't work that way. You set the measure of your harvest by the measure of your seed. Amen? I want to show you now. How, how many of you want restoration of everything the devil has stolen? Now you're all under the windows of heaven. It's about to come to you. Come with me to Genesis 12.1. Genesis 12.1. Now in Haran, uh-huh, God said to Abraham, go for yourself, uh, uh, from away from your country, from your relatives, from the father's house to the land which I will show you. Now everybody say this after me. Everybody say, Abraham, Abraham. Broke. broke. How do you know Abram's broke? How do you know Abram's broke? Everybody look up here. Abram was 75 years old. If you're 75 years old and you are married and living in your daddy's house, you broke. Turn to your neighbor and say, he broke. At 75, you ought not to be living in your daddy's house when you're married. Hello? Everybody shout, he broke. And God says, next verse, if you'll follow me, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Uh huh. Make your name famous. If you obey God, he's going to bless you. Next verse, verse 3. And then he says, I will bless those who bless you, curse those that curse you, and in you will the families and the kindred of the earth be blessed. Everybody say, obey God. God. See the blessing. blessing. Tonight is a special night. You know why? Because everybody is under the windows of heaven tonight. You know what's going to happen tonight? Water is about to hit your seed. You're about to see a harvest come quick now because you're under the windows of heaven. Amen? What happened to this broke Abraham? He went to Egypt. God said, go to Egypt. He obeyed God. Look how he left Egypt. Uh, uh, Genesis 13, 1. Now he's leaving Egypt. Mm. Abraham went out of Egypt. Everybody say, he left Egypt. His wife and all that he had and a lot with him into the south country. Next verse. 
Uh huh. Abraham was what? Extremely rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Everybody shout, he loaded. When you obey God, you always will be loaded. When you obey God at offering time, you will always be loaded. Watch this. What happened to his wealth? Let me show you. Genesis 25, 5. All of his wealth. Abraham gave all that he had to who? Everybody say, Isaac loaded. And Isaac lost it all. Isaac broke. How do you know Isaac broke? Genesis 26, verse 1. He lost it all. There was a famine in the land. Other than the former famine in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Gerar. If you are loaded, you don't have to leave your house. You have to go no place. Why did he have to leave his house? He lost everything. And he says, okay, my daddy has, was broke, Abraham. He went to Egypt. Guess what? God blessed him. I'm going to go to Egypt. Maybe God will bless me. Stop doing what other people are doing. You're supposed to pray and obey. God may have something else for you to do. You listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Next, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, brother, would you come help me? Would you come help me? Brother, would you come help me? Come. Stand right here. For this example, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you, uh, 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 I'm going to, back up one scripture. Let's see. Uh, uh, I'm going to make you uh, the king. Everybody say, hello, king. Hello. Come right next to him. Everybody say, hello, Isaac. No, give me the CD. Hello, Isaac. Everybody say, hello, Isaac. Hello. We got the king. We got Isaac. Right. So the Isaac goes to visit the king. King, you hang a hold. Hang a hold. Hang Hold that. <laughs> hang on to it. Hold it. I'm saying them both. To hang a hold. Hang a hold. All right. So now what happens? He's doing exactly what his daddy did. He went to Egypt. But you know what? He shouldn't have done that. He should have obeyed the Holy Ghost. So we finally realize this. My daddy went to Egypt because God told him. Maybe if I call on the Lord, the Lord will tell me what to do. So what does he do? He gets on his knees and prays. He gets, oh, maybe this brother is saved. Man, he's learning fast. He's learning fast. And guess what? Call on me and I will what? Answer. So the Lord answers. Next verse. What does the Lord say? The Lord appeared to him and said, Don't go to Egypt. You don't tell somebody not to go to Egypt unless they're going to Egypt. He was going to Egypt. Don't go to Egypt. Don't do what your daddy did. Uh, live in the land which I'm going to tell you. Next verse. Obey the instruction. Live temporarily in this land. I'm going to be with you and favor you. Everybody shout, Favor! Now, this is how favor comes. Watch this. Favor in every situation you're facing. Favor you with blessings. For you and your descendants, I'm going to give you these lands. I'm going to perform the oath which I saw to Abraham. Everybody shout, covenant. covenant. Uh, he, he had a covenant. You got a better covenant. Next verse. Uh-huh. I will make your descendants to multiply the stars of heaven and give your posterity all these lands and buy your offspring. Everybody say, offspring. offspring. This is the Hebrew word seed. By your seed. Something is going to happen. By your seed does the blessing come. Blessing doesn't come by praying and wishing and hoping. It comes through a seed. Next verse. Uh -huh. uh, Abraham listened and obeyed. Everybody say listen, listen. And, obey. and obey. And that's why Abraham got blessed. So now let's go to the next verse. Did he go to Egypt? Nope. He stayed in Gerar. And you can be in the right church at the right time, the right city at the right time and still be broke. Why? God gave him two instructions. Everybody say two. First instruction, stay in Gerar. Second instruction, 
through your seed the blessing comes. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this. Uh-huh. When he had been there a long time. You can be in the right church, the right place a long time and still struggle. Why? He never planted any seed. He had it. All the time he had it. Verse 12. Finally, he stand up, my brother. He's got his instruction. And finally, he takes what? He had the seed in his pocket all the time. And he plants the seed. And what happens? He receives a hundredfold in the same year. Eat some, plants the rest, gets another hundredfold. Eat some, plants the rest, gets another hundredfold. And the Lord favored him. Everybody shout favor. favor. Now watch this. Mm. The Philistines said, wait a minute, Isaac, Isaac, you're the only one that sowed. But, but wait a minute, what was the famine? Everybody shout no rain. Why would anybody sow when there's no rain? Anybody ever heard of underground rivers? Come on. God can bless you, water your seed. Everybody say, Isaac was a tither. That's why God can water his seed. Amen? Watch this. Uh-huh. The Philistines come and say, Isaac, Isaac, you're the only one that sowed. You're the only one with food. Give us some food. Guess what Isaac says? What you got? Well, we got some flocks. He said, you used to have flocks, and there was a flock transfer in the middle of a recession. They ate the food, came back and said, you're the only one that sold. We run out of food. Give us more food. What did Isaac say? What you got? Well, we got some herds. You used to have some herds, and there was a herd transfer in the middle of a recession. They ate the food, ran out of food. And they said, Isaac, Isaac, give us some food. You're the only one that sold. And Isaac said, what? What you got? Well, we got those servants. You used to have those servants. And there was a servant transfer in the middle of a recession. Finally, the king comes and said, Isaac, Isaac, you're the only one that sowed. You're the only one with food. Give us some food. What did Isaac say? What you got? He said, I own all these lands. He said, you used to own those lands. I own those lands now. Some people are about to get some houses. Some people are about to get some land. Some people are about to get some cars. Get ready for what the Lord is about to do. There is a breakthrough about to come to you tonight because you're under the windows of heaven. Hallelujah. Ah. In the middle of a recession, the wealth of the wicked got into the hands of the righteous. How wealthy did he become? Look at the next verse. The next verse says, The man became great and gained more and more and became very wealthy. When? In a recession, in a famine, as long as he obeyed. Prayed and what? Oh, next verse. All right. Uh huh. How wealthy. Uh, now he can't go anywhere. Why? He got a truckload of flocks and herds and a great supply of servants. Why did the Philistines envy him? The wealth of the wicked had come into the hands of the right. Are you getting a hold of this? Because he was a tither. Hey, how wealthy did he become? Look at verse 16. <laughs> Finally, the king says in verse 16, Hey, hey, Isaac, you got to get out of town. Your house bigger than my house. Uh, your servants bigger than my servants. You're bigger. You are mightier than we are. All of this because he was a... And he prayed. And what? That's what's about to happen to you. And all the wealth of Abraham that Isaac had lost came back when he planted the right Oh, I'm going to pray for you tonight. Get ready for what the Lord is about to do. Give these guys a big hand for me. 
Come with me to Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38 says, Give, it shall be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men pour into your bosom. Everything you need, my brothers and sisters, is in the hands of men. Everybody shout, men have it. Just like men had the flocks. At the moment he planted the right seed, God gave him favor. Everybody shout, favor. My brothers and sisters, I got to... Uh, and then he says, for with the measure you give, it shall be given back. What? Same measure. We were 